Welcome to episode 31 of the New Rules for Your Life and Your Business podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Every day, our world is shifting and changing. New technology, new traditions, new relationships, responsibilities, and challenges. How can you keep up? Through the new rules for your life and your business podcast, where transformation expert Holly Rovinger and her expert guests share how you can not only survive, but thrive in this new world. Holly believes that when you get back to basics and truly engage with your life and your business, you become empowered and can elevate the way you're living. Here now is your host, Holly Rovinger. Thanks, Morgan. Welcome to New Rules for Your Life and Your Business, the podcast that is dedicated to helping you cut through the chaos so you can experience personal and professional growth. You will hear stories, insights, and new rules to live by from myself and my guests that are born out of real life experiences. The stories are inspiring and motivating, and I encourage you to take at least one golden nugget from each episode and apply it to your life or your business. The topic for today is an extremely controversial and juicy one and can be called staying up on trends, find a need and fill it, or building an industry from scratch. But it is certainly one you will enjoy. My guest is David Raines, and some of the highlights in this episode are what exactly is the Marijuana Business Association? What exactly do they do? And what David sees is the future for the organization. That and more today on the New Rules Podcast. Today's show is sponsored by The Empress Cloth on Amazon. TheEmpressCloth.com. Check it out. Save time, save money, save the environment. A much healthier way to clean for you, your family, your loved ones, and your pets. David Rines is founder of the Marijuana Business Association, the MJBA, a.k.a. Chamber of Commerce of Cannabis, provides intelligence, ethical business practices, and networking for participants in the legal marijuana, MMJ, and hemp industries. MJBA hosts many cannabis industry trade events, seminars, and workshops, and publishes the popular MJ Headline News on Facebook, MJNewsNetwork.com, MJLegalNews.com, MJMoms.com, and Marijuana Channel One on YouTube. A proven business leader with 25 plus years experience building and operating best of breed media and marketing organizations, Rhines has an impressive track record in growing new business and revenues for internet, media, and advertising sales organizations, including Rolling Stone, Spin, iVillage, Corbis, Time Warner, and America Online. Wow, David. Well, welcome to New Rules for Your Life and Your Business. Thank you so much, Holly, for having me. Oh, it's it's my pleasure. And I know everybody listening is wondering, what? <laughs> you know, how did you get into this? That's right. After such a great career, my uh, my trajectory has gone to pot. 
That's a good one. I bet you say that all the time. No, you know, that's actually the first time I've ever said that. Oh, uh, I love it. Love it. Um, but the reality is that, that you know, my the, the career that you just articulated is um, one in which, you know, I grew up in the in the pop culture uh, industry, one that sort of lived at the intersection of technology, of culture, uh, of politics and, um, you know, entertainment, music, lifestyle, art, all of that pop culture that I spent the last 30 years, uh, immersed in really was always driven and infused and, uh, highlighted by, um, marijuana culture. So it really is a transition from pop culture to pot culture, if you will, and certainly not that radical. No, you know, and it's really funny. I, I just want to share how I happened to connect with you and how this whole, you know, marijuana and marijuana becoming legal came into focus for me. I've been, been very seriously just, I'm um, dedicated to, you know, building my audience with the podcast, building my business and, you know, just working on what I want to do with my life. Right. And all of a sudden I was speaking to an attorney in South Florida and she said, I need your help with developing a product. And I said, okay. And then she proceeded to tell me it was all about marijuana. And I'm like, why are you getting into this? I, you know, it was just like totally blindsided me. And she said, oh my God, Holly. She said, everybody in South Florida is gearing up for the legality of pot. So, okay. So that came across my, my ears, you know, in my desk. And then the next thing I know, I was talking to our mutual friend and he brought it up and I said, I've got to do some research on this. Clearly, you know, I've had my head in the dark. So tell me about everything you've been doing. Well, you know, it's been uh, we started the the Marijuana Business Association or MJBA um, right after the November uh, 2012 elections. At that time, uh, Colorado and Washington State both passed recreational marijuana voter initiatives uh, albeit uh, completely different uh, programs, and we can talk about that if you'd like. But um, at that point, um, and given my background, as, as we just uh, talked about, uh, I knew that I had to be part of uh, the legalization, the end of federal prohibition. Uh, and so, um, uh, you know, I looked around and uh, saw that the, the, the biggest need in Washington state uh, where I live um, is for because we're building a, an entirely new uh, marijuana industry from scratch there. It is not on the backbone of an existing medical marijuana dispensary industry, such as you see in uh, Colorado. Uh, and so in order to, to really foster a whole new crop of businesses uh, there had to be infrastructure. There had to be the the uh, networking, the tools, the the standards, the ethics, the business practices in order for an industry to um, self-regulate, to self-create, to, to, to self-organize in a very short period of time. So what essentially happened was that the voters of Washington state said, yes, let's have a uh, legal marijuana industry and and the state and uh, you know entrepreneurs sort of are scrambling in the interim have been scrambling to build this industry. So we saw an immediate need and um, 
being a guy that 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 both is passionate about uh, you know marijuana culture and have been deeply immersed since you know uh, my high school days in the seventies, um, and someone who has spent my life building brands and understanding networking and and that kind of thing, it it just seemed a natural role for me to play and um and it's been fascinating watching an industry grow wholesale on a blank blank slate it really is the you know harvard business review case study uh for how to build an industry well i love that and and i think you know as hot as this topic is marijuana you know my audience is definitely going to be interested in hearing how you and you said the obviously the key word the entrepreneurship because you know a lot of us are are in that industry. And I think more and more people are as they're being let go of their, you know, from their jobs, you know, how you just were able to key, find a need and fill it, you know, and then, like you said, follow the the Harvard business model. So, you know, the audience is definitely going to be interested in hearing the steps you took. And great, great. You know, know, so share, go ahead, share as much as you, you care to. Yeah, and 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 what's really fascinating, and and I was part of the uh, the dot com uh, boom back in the uh, in the nineties, and you know that was an interesting phenomenon, and 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 shares many of the attributes of what you're seeing in in the so called green rush, in that there was a tremendous amount of interest, there was a, a a cultural tipping point, a realization that the digital future was going to change everything, and so a huge amount of interest and money and uh, 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 heat and light, as Bill Gates used to say, uh, on the industry. However, that was a, a, a boom that was really limited to a certain very highly educated, uh, privileged set of folks, people who had access to technology, people who had educations, who could bang code, who could, uh, you know, who happened to live in Silicon Valley or Silicon Alley or, or in some of the, you know, more culturally dense areas of, of the country. Country. The the marijuana revolution, the green revolution, is not that. The green revolution is, uh, no pun intended, a grassroots uh, business revolution. One that's born from real need, uh, and it's an it, it's an overnight industry that's been in the making for you know forty or fifty years, and so it's very well entrenched. Uh, and, um, and, and it's uh, being driven because of the federal prohibition and, uh, and, and, and the local sensibilities that are driving marijuana law reform in each of the states. It is a very state by state, county by county phenomenon. And therefore it is, uh, best suited for that local entrepreneur, for people who understand the community, who uh, understand the the needs, and uh, and 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 the uh, are able to to to, to craft together these uh, working relationships with these counties, with these local municipalities, who are culturally coming to terms with the acceptance of medical marijuana, which is undeniable, right? And you're seeing both the House and the Senate uh, uh, acknowledge that uh, they no longer want any federal resources spent by the DEA trying to quash medical marijuana. You saw Hillary Clinton suggest that, you know, patient access 
to medical marijuana was an inherent right and one that she was going to protect, right? So that that's going across the country, and 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 so you're seeing local mom and pop type shops, uh, and then in Colorado and Washington, where you have a much larger uh, uh, opportunity, uh, and indeed across the country as well, you're seeing then a whole suite of professional service providers, lawyers, accountants, infrastructure folks, security, warehousing, real estate, insurance. These are all small businesses. So this is a small business revolution uh, and one in which, um, in many cases, it's one that's not just privileged for the young. In fact, here in, in Washington state, I would say um, women are disproportionately uh, driving many of these cannabis companies as our folks uh, 50 plus. So um, in many ways, it's sort of the reintegration uh, of previously dif- disenfranchised elements of our, of our economy. Uh, and so it's pretty exciting because the proceeds then will also be funded back into local uh, uh, towns and cities and, and, and counties. Well, you know, and I love that part of it. And it, it's really funny, David, because I have to say it's got to be between five and seven years ago. Whenever, when did the economy tank? Well, you know, kind of, you know, a year or two after that happened. Um, one of my... Just just go back and ask, when was George Bush president? <laughs> I guess we're on the same page. Okay. Yeah, you, that's an easy <laughs> reference point. Yeah, you got it. Well, one of my, my girlfriends at the time, who's extremely brilliant, a self-made millionaire in her own right, I remember we were sitting around the table and she said, the only thing that can save this economy is the legalization of marijuana. Like how, right uh, how apt was that and how smart mm-hmm. is she? Well, and I'll tell you, you know, it's not just recreational. And up to this point, we've talked about um, medical marijuana, which at, at this point now with New York just passing, uh, you know, it's it's uh, albeit limited medical marijuana. You're at 23 states plus the District of Columbia. Uh, so you're you're almost at half of the uh, number of states in the country. Puerto Rico is going legal uh, this year. So is Alaska. So is Oregon. You'll see California in 2016. Um, you're seeing Florida going medical um, in November, most likely. Uh, there's a real tipping point here. So you're seeing medical really take over and a huge industry uh, being born uh, around that. Uh, we talked about lighting, hydroponics, farm, agriculture. It's really going to touch all aspects of this society. But the big, big, big uh, economic boom I'm going to suggest is actually going to come with the legalization and the full uh, uh, into, in, in, reintegration of hemp as one of our major agricultural products here. So um, you've seen that start. There was a, 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 a portion of the farm bill that was passed um, last year that did allow for uh, states to, again, start planning and researching hemp. Uh, nobody's against hemp. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's included in, and uh, featured in all kinds of products like construction and fabric and food and fuels. And uh, it is just uh, an unbelievably miraculous plant uh, that can, uh, 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 you know, generate jobs. And, uh, and it's being embraced by folks like Rand Paul and Mitch McConnell and some traditional Republicans, as well as the, the centrists. Um, but all over the country. And so those three, the troika, if you will, of cannabis 
uh, industries, the medical, the commercial, and the uh, industrial hemp will in fact reinvigorate this economy. And I, I do believe that it's not hyperbole. No, no, I think you're right on. Well, Bing says that you're building this this whole new industry. Let's let's just share what is your new rule for today. Today's new rule. Well, my new rule is uh, inclusiveness, not exclusiveness, or in, you know, inclusion, not exclusion. Uh, and 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 that rule to me is really important because uh, one of the things that that we see as we start knitting together a community, right? And so every new industry starts with a community. If you want to get into a new industry, if you're an entrepreneur and you're looking for a new job or you're looking for a new career, the best way to do so is to um, go find people who are doing that job, go network, understand what they're doing, understand uh, what kind of skill sets or talents might translate uh, into that new arena. And um, as we're building the legal uh, marijuana industry here in Washington state and across the country, what we're facing is a whole bunch of folks who are well-intentioned, who share similar goals, but who have um, historically run into, um, you know, what I would call political challenges or uh, disagreements over approach or how pure a solution, uh, y- y- you know, is acceptable. I was talking to Kevin Oliver, the executive director of Washington Normal last night uh, about just this subject and, uh, and about how um, many of those uh, marijuana advocates uh, here in Washington state were against the passage of I-502, the legal recreational marijuana uh, uh, legislation, because it was not um, it was not pure enough, right? Because it did not address some of the patient rights, because it did not include home grow, because it did not uh, call for some of the more uh, challenging aspects to be addressed, right? And so um, there's an interesting movie that's that's that just debuted this week and is at the Seattle uh, Film Fest uh, this week called Evergreen: The Road to Legalization, and they talk about that factionalism. And so uh, as we're building this industry and as we're helping those entrepreneurs um, get the information they need to start their businesses find the connections they'll need to run their businesses, and then um, the avenues, the resources they'll need to grow and ramp and promote their businesses, they're going to have to look at the world in a more inclusive and less exclusive. And much of it will be working with traditional competitors to define best standards to define um, ethical behavior, to uh, self-regulate. Is that is that what you're trying to do? Just give everybody the proper rules and regulations, and and helping them, you know, structure properly and get started properly. Yeah, and and I, I would say it's it's less you know us providing the answers and more providing the forums and the platforms 
for that discussion, right? So first you, you, you identify who are the stakeholders in the industry. Um, so in this case, growers and uh, processors, those people who make things like edibles and, and drinks and brownies and those kinds of, of, of products, and then the retailers. But, but certainly what I've just described is a whole ecosystem of participants Financial, which has been a huge hurdle, right? How to get money. And uh, uh, when traditional banks have uh, been reluctant or uh, downright uh, have refused to do business with uh, state legalized uh, marijuana industries, uh, then you're resulting in all cash business which uh, presents security challenges, distribution challenges, payroll challenges, leakage, uh, and in fact um, violates really the spirit of the, uh, of the Cole Memo issued by the Department of Justice last fall, under which states felt a certain amount of protection to engage in the quote-unquote democratic experiment of legalization, right? And so we have to, as an industry, make sure that those eight uh, prosecutorial guidelines are adhered to and that we are being as compliant, indeed more compliant, more transparent, um, you know, a better example of business than uh, a quote unquote, you know, straight business might have to. And so in many ways, we are held to a higher standard. Uh, and that's what the MJ is about. MJBA is about it. it it's about uh, gathering together all those players and saying, well, what are the security protocols? How about testing and uh, analytics? What kind of impurities? What kind of uh, packaging, labeling, uh, advertising, marketing, distribution uh, rules should we have in place to make sure that uh, there is no leakage and that it's uh, that marijuana is only available to adults twenty one plus that um, we're not being uh, that we're not marketing to kids uh, and acting in some of the uh, bad behaviors that big tobacco had been uh, accused of in you know, previous generations. So that kind of thing, right? And in order to do that, it's it's really gathering folks together to discuss those issues and then come to a common accord. And then we help publish those as ebooks and web pages and and through seminars and and uh, that kind of thing so that that we promote that best behavior. So together, we think of hundreds and thousands, indeed thousands of, 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 of legal cannabis businesses can stand together and represent uh, these best practices, then we will have uh, a much better um, you know, time making sure that uh, external forces don't shape our, our future for us. Right. So you're taking you know, the horse by the reins and not just letting it run off by itself, which is definitely intelligent and you sound like you have it all together well you know i think we i was part of the uh, internet advertising bureau back in the 90s uh and so as a as a as an exec in big media i was working for aol time warner at the time um you know we, we went through this approach we thought well if we're going to create an, an advertising business uh, that will compete with television, that will compete with print, that will compete with radio, we're going to have to define everything from what are the units that we're vending, 
what is an ad online look like, what size, what technical specifications, how about rich media, how about privacy, how about spam, how about child protection, et cetera, et cetera, right? And so in many of the ways, it's exactly that approach. So what we're doing at the MJBA is we're taking best practices that uh, trade organizations have been using for uh, hundreds of years uh, to organize, and we're applying it to this new industry. But we're doing it with a certain, um, uh, you know, higher consciousness, if you will, with with the intention that it's not just about creating profits, because indeed, uh, you know, the the profits that will be associated um, with legal marijuana will be huge. Um, Holly, uh, but um, we're we're doing it with the intention that you know what we want to help build uh, rebuild America. You know, if 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 uh, the the common wisdom is that we can't pay for after school programs, that we can't pay teachers a fair and living wage, that we can't replace our bridges, that we uh, you know can't fund libraries, then then we in the in the green industry say no, we'll do it you know, tax us at high rates, but let's make sure that that money goes into the local communities that we're rebuilding and that we're doing so in a sustainable, ecologically friendly way. So I see this as a, a very much a continuation of that green movement, that progressive uh, movement, which is so well entrenched here in Washington state. Um, and so this is a very natural sort of um, local cottage industry that will be, you know, that that will grow and be uh, measured by the quality of the products and the quality of the of the of the workplace and and um, and how good of uh, you know how to how, how how good we are as an industry to work for and to work with. So you're going to be kind of the national headquarters per se of this, and then you're going to establish within each state people to run the state? Is that how you foresee it growing? Well, um, uh, we are, again, um, you know, a national organization with the intention of providing um, those tools, the technologies, the platforms, uh, and the and the templates, right? The, 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 the intelligence, the, the network of folks to help local communities build their own. So it very much is a roll your own industry kind of approach. We've already established um, uh, communities in New York and New Jersey. Um, When we started there six months ago, um, most of the participants were pure activists uh, or attorneys who were looking at a very long term future, they told me, in terms of uh, medical marijuana even. Uh, completely different um, end of the spectrum from Washington State. And yet a mere six months later, uh, here we are with medical marijuana, um, you know, signed by the governor. Now, it's not a pure uh, solution. It's not an ideal 100 percent where we want to go. There's no smoking in the New York law. uh, And it's for very uh, limited number of um, medical indications. And yet it is um, something better than the draconian Rockefeller uh, drug laws, which have been in power for so many years and destroyed so many lives, particularly those of brown and um, uh, and, and black people. Um, and so, um, you know, there's change and there's movement. And so what's what we're doing in New York is very much beginning that industry from scratch. 
we have a presence in um, uh, in California. California was the first, as you know, medical marijuana state going all the way back to 1996 and in many ways is still the great wild west and um, will take a couple of years before it's ready for the kind of self-regulation that I've been describing. Um, we're looking at Oregon, we're looking at Nevada, we're looking at Florida, all of which I think you'll see us uh, make announcements in the in the next couple months. There's just you know activity sprouting around everywhere. We're trying to respond to that and growing as quickly as we can, but it's been uh, it's been an unbelievable, um, you know, uh, zeitgeist change, if you will. Yeah, I know it's fascinating to me. And you you also wrote something about kicking off a Washington's legal recreational market. Yeah, so 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 Washington State. Uh, the exciting news uh, is that Washington State will finally open its recreational marijuana retail establishments after the 4th of July. I believe that the earliest state they'll be issuing uh, licenses on the 7th of July. And um, theoretically, uh, there might be stores open as early as July 8th. Uh, So that's pretty exciting. We are in the process of putting together the final touches on our uh, vendor fair, the MJBA Vendor Fair, uh, Seattle, um, which will be this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, uh, downtown in Soto uh, at the Magical Butter Studios. And we will have, um, I don't know, something like 35 or so cannabis businesses showing showcasing their wares. We'll have live product demonstrations. We'll have uh, security companies and finance companies and logistical companies and um, uh, everyone in between and hundreds of uh, small businesses in the cannabis industries uh, will be walking through the two days, meeting folks, getting the information and doing the deals they'll need to put in place before our marketplace opens uh, in just a couple of weeks. Amazing. I mean, it's just incredible of what you've managed to pull together. And, you know, you'll definitely have people, some naysayers saying this shouldn't happen. But you know what? The country's moving forward and it is what it is. Well, you know, there are naysayers out there, but only, I think, um, as a knee-jerk kind of cultural reaction, right? So one of the things that we do, we run a number of, of websites, as you, as you suggested, MJ Headline News, uh, MJ News Network, MJ Moms, MJ Legal News. And, and these are all community-driven um, websites in keeping with our member-driven uh, uh, MJBA. And, and so we encourage that lively debate. We want to hear opinions across the spectrum, even those that, that may be um, uh, uh, less progressive than, than perhaps we think they ought to be. And, and usually what happens is, you know, the, the best way to fight disinformation and 80 years of propaganda and, uh, and, and falsehoods is through the light of truth, is through honest and open debate. So what we do on MJ Headline News is literally aggregate all the news that's reported, uh, headlines, we give links back to the original sources, and we encourage folks to talk about it. And what you'll find is that 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 folks who start off with, well, you know, it's about the kids or uh, what will happen with DUI or um, 
you know, isn't this um, something that's going to ruin the fabric of America? Once you start getting into uh, the reality and you peel back the onion and you peel off the fear of of prohibition, the fear of the war on drugs, the fear of propaganda, right? Which basically says, hey, you know, we can't, uh, we can't allow the air of freedom uh, to waft through our villages. We can't allow for folks to make personal choices about what uh, substances they imbibe, or we cannot um, allow for, um, you know, marijuana because somehow that is um, immoral or unethical. And, and there's really no basis for that. Once you really do the history and you realize that uh, the country was founded on hemp, that cannabis is an amazing product, that certainly Schedule One is um, undefensible, uh, indefensible, that, that there are myriad um, medical uh, benefits from the cannabis plant and it's well documented and there are FDA patents and FDA trials and um, no one's denying that. And so schedule one in and of itself was through Nixon politicized. It's always been an uncle Tom kind of Jim Crow uh, law that was used selectively to prosecute uh, those who were outside of the popular um, culture. And so that that is come full circle. And just like the rock and roll revolution that we talked about when I was at Rolling Stone, that counterculture became mainstream culture, right? No one will suggest that Rolling Stone is anything but mainstream these days. And uh, just the same way, the same pot culture, counterculture, radical uh, hippie culture that uh, was uh, uh, at least positioned to us in, in mainstream media in the 60s and 70s and 80s and through the war on drugs has in fact manifested and the pot culture is mainstream culture and folks who are using cannabis are your mom and your grandma and the cancer patient and the girl with um, uh, epilepsy and um, the the soldier who's returning from Afghanistan with PTSD, and it's effective and safe, and no one ever died from cannabis, and certainly it does not justify the kind of uh, of, of uh, expensive and um, uh, 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 vicious and life destroying cultural war that we've had these these past decades. Wow. Well, I, I've certainly learned, learned a lot <laughs> speaking with you here. Um, and, you know, before we close out, will you share with us what your favorite quote is so we can learn a little bit more about you? Favorite quote. My, my favorite quote is actually live it or live with it. Um, and, uh, it's a quote that I remember seeing when I was a young child in Florida on spring break. And there were, um, there were, uh, demonstrations, uh, at, in public housing, um, and, uh, some of the, the local, uh, uh, folks were, um, going into a supermarket and they were uh, taking food out to feed their families because, um, they, they were, um, they were unable to feed their families. And of course they were all arrested. And, and one of the activists was on TV and she said to the, 
to the uh, anchor woman, you know, sometimes you ask and if that doesn't happen, uh, then you demand. And if that doesn't happen, then you take because in life you have to live it or live with it. And I think that that's really uh, kind of what we're talking about here, that sometimes you have to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. You have to 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 live it, to to believe, to be authentic, to understand what you stand for and uh, to live that life, to live that truth, to go ahead and 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 fight that cause um, or otherwise. Uh, you have no choice but to, to live with the consequences uh, and bemoan uh, your the lack of control. Wow. <laughs> well said. Well said. Well, David, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Holly, thank you so much for having me. I've, I've really enjoyed this. And uh, I encourage everyone to go to mjheadlinenews.com and, and read the news and uh, and please share it around. Awesome. Well, if you would like to connect with David, he's active on Facebook and Twitter, and you can find the information on the notes. We have it created especially for this episode on hollyrovinger.com. An easy way to start the conversation with him is to mention you heard him speak on new rules for your life and your business. And if you like this episode, please consider leaving a five-star review over in iTunes or on Stitcher Radio, and I'll mention it in a future episode as a way to send you a big thank you. By leaving a review and downloading an episode, it makes the podcast more visible and easier for others like you to find. A big thank you goes out today to Jeff Brown, who says, I love the diversification of the guests and hearing their stories each week has been enlightening. I love the format and the flow as well. Nicely done and worth your time. Thanks so much, Jeff, for taking your valuable time to review our podcast. And thank you all for listening today. Have a great week. And remember to always have a positive mindset so you can live healthier and wealthier and happier with passion. This is Holly signing off for today. But before we go, I have a question. David is being inclusive, deliberate in building his business. And what I want to ask is, are you... Thanks for listening to the new rules for your life and your business podcast. If you're listening and you want to grab contact details for today's guest, information on resources mentioned, or any other show notes, head over to hollyrovinger.com for complete details. That's www.hollyrovinger.com. We would love to hear your thoughts on today's episode. So leave us a comment on the website or an honest review on iTunes. And to get regular tips to help you in today's rapidly changing world, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of the new rules for your life and your business. 